Uh, I get the impression you might have had a hard week. Is that because I haven't texted or done anything even remotely human in the entire week? Well, it was also because I messaged you quite latish last night and you were still driving home. Yeah, I did have quite a busy week this week. Mm. It was um, an assessment week and I had been making work with students. Um, and so there was that, you know, you know that thing when you're making work, the world outside of the studio falls away. Yes. This is for, for listeners who wouldn't be familiar. This is when it's quite common that um, theatre and dance students have, that there'll be a member of staff who will create a work for the students. So when you say making it on them, that's what you mean, right? Well, I didn't use the word on. Oh, did you not? Did you say with? No, I didn't. I said with. Well, yeah, in because, dance, because we do this strange I was say thing. different language. Well, no, and I hate the language, making it on them as if they're sort of waiting to be gifted with your genius. Yeah, I definitely was not doing that. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. And so that's all done now. It's all done. It's it's sort of, it's left me slightly hollowed out like a pumpkin. Oh, no. No, not in a bad way. It just feels like there's not a lot inside of me. As in thoughts or just anything. I'm just a bit like, ooh. This is ooh, uh, empty vessel-y. Yes, this is me. Which means I'm coming to a conversation worried that I don't know what's been happening in the world. I don't. I don't know what's been happening in the world. And I also, I, I don't really have any experiences to draw on, although that's not entirely true. But I wondered if you had an offer for us today. I did actually want to, there was a little bit of, I had a little bit of follow-up. I had uh, some thoughts from last week. Uh, last week was number 63, I think. And uh, for those of you who don't remember, including maybe you, Lee, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was about ambition. And um, oh, one of the right. things that it occurred to me after we finished recording was uh, that one of the things I've taken tremendous pleasure in as I've got older is realizing my own smallness, that I'm insignificant. And it means it's hard to be ambitious, that Everything I do is, you might say, inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And I just wanted to mention that because it's, it just feels like that's, that's increasingly felt like sweet, blessed relief. Mm -hmm. So that's my follow-up. So your, your smallness has actually been, been something that you've embraced rather than something that you've railed against. Oh, it's just, just like I say, just total, total relief. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was because uh, I, I, I just didn't think I said that, and I um, it was just the sense of relief. Um, mm. It's been quite a strong feeling. Mm. Yeah, I was I was reflecting on some things that have happened recently that went back to a, a couple of episodes ago when I, I commented that I thought you had a lot of friends. Ah, I thought you were going to say hair then, but friends. Yes, we'll go with friends. Well, as as time goes by, that's not a true claim about you anymore is it no i mean i'm i'm wearing a hat inside which gives you an indication of how much hair i have so <laughs> but at least i make up for it everywhere else you do you do you you are um you are a Pursuit. rugged little bear i am i'm like a little otter when i come out of the water it's ridiculous 
Anyway, sorry, I interrupted, which is, you know. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was thinking about something on the way back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about, um, I'd commented that you had a lot more, I thought you had a lot more friends than I have. Yes. Um, and I still think that's the case. A couple of weekends ago, I think I might have started to make a new friend. Oh. Goodness me, this is, I can't believe this hasn't been brought up on an episode of Midlifing. New friend, alert, new friend, alert. Well, it's a bit, it's a bit awkward. Do you think they listen to the show because that might make it tricky? I don't think they do, but if they do at some point in the future, I'm sorry, Toby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just became fodder. Yeah. This occurrence, this meeting happened the same week that I read something in one of those paper type things. I don't know if it was on. Oh yeah, you, do, you mean Buzzfeed iPad or the or Guardian it. or yeah. I? Yeah, I, I read something about the importance of making friends in older age. Oh, and when I say I read it, I saw the headline and thought to myself, "Fuck that for a game of soldiers! I've not got enough time to waste making friends or reading about why I should be doing it." Isn't it weird how we say "making friends"? Yes, it's so weird. Yeah, Crea- it's like creating friends. Yeah, or constructing. Do you still do it? What create friends? Make friends. Create friends. Do you still build friendships, new ones, or are you now? Because yours are so, you know, when you went back to New Zealand, I was reflecting on the fact that you were contacting people that you'd known for years and yeah. years and years yeah, like and years. 40 years. Which I just don't have the capacity to be able to do. Mm. If I'm not related to somebody, I don't, I don't have anybody in my life from that long ago. I think I have a certain amount of loyalty. I've got some friends I, from, from high school who I think of as being fiercely loyal. Like it wouldn't matter what happened between us, in a way. Extraordinary, actually. Um, am I still constructing? Am I still creating friendships? I guess I am. And the thing, and it's curious, though, that it's, it's uh, but it's lots of Italians because, you know, I have these conversations and you become friends. Lots of them I've never met <laughs> face to face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I definitely have got people I converse with every week, every second week, who I think of as my friends, who are new friends. Huh. Um, and that if I were to ever go back to Italy, I would uh, seek them out. Oh, when you say if you were to ever go, oh, back, yeah. is, it, is that in is that in doubt? No, yeah, it's not in doubt. It's just um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just you know pandemic. Well, we, oh, yeah. It's almost over, though, in Britain. Did you know that? That's maybe one of the things that happened this week that you didn't hear. I didn't hear. Has it? Ha, have we stopped getting COVID? Yes, it's all stopped. Oh, that's nice. Yes. How did that happen? Well, what happened is what, that what, finally... What was the clincher? Well, the clincher was that the virus actually started paying attention to um, press releases. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. Yes, so the virus, about the, the virus evolved to be able to read uh, and to listen to the radio. <laughs> finally, took its time. <laughs> And um, realised that when it was given the opportunity to use its words, it didn't want to harm us anymore. Ah, so COVID became sentient and went, sorry, my mistake. Sorry, I'm going for the hamsters in Hong Kong. Now that I've read... Oh, no, that is so sad. (laughs) The funny thing about that is that there's a... Because I just gave my little presentation in Hong Kong on Thursday morning at 2am. That was a strange experience. And yeah. um, I just happened to, I had no idea, someone had mentioned something about hamsters, but I'd, one of my um, 
I call it a slide, but it wasn't really. It was a little bit of video, which is a, of a hamster on a hamster wheel. And um, I just realized that probably was quite, I wasn't quite sure whether it was made funnier or totally defunified um, <laughs> by the hamster in- incidents, incidences in um, Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably oh, six of one and half a dozen of another. Yeah, yeah. Depending on if you have a hamster or a relationship with hamsters. Yes, but you don't. Hmm. But so frenzy, yeah, frenzy. It's really, it's uh, yes. So I don't. But he, I think what it's quite interesting at work, isn't it? When you have a new job. So is your new friend work related? No, I will come to my new friend in a moment. But I was introduced a couple of years ago to one of the most unpleasant words I've ever heard, and it did make me want to gag a little bit. Oh. And the word is frolig. Frolig. Yes, oh, a, a colleague, oh. a colleague with whom you are friendly. It was a North American who introduced me to the word, and I did go, "Oh, that's a neologism I won't be embracing." <laughs> like glocal, like glocal. Did you say the global local? Yeah. I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah, um, but yeah. So you're talking about about here in the UK having cultivated frolics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just said you weren't going to use it. No, I did it again because I know that Josh listens to this and he will find this quite hilarious. Why? <laughs> because he knows who introduced me to the word. Oh, I, I see, laugh. I see. Um, yes, I... Uh, oh, no, well, actually, you know, people I think of have become friends. I think of them yeah, as friends. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, don't know, I don't I think, think if you were to say, if I asked me that question, I'd say, no, I'm not really in the business of... Um, what you, you say? In the market for new friends. In the market for new friends, yeah. So I suppose if you were to... If you... <laughs> I wonder what that market would look like. Would it be like an outside uh, store? Would it be like a pop-up? I think it would definitely be a pop-up. Well, like I a waitress. Think that probably, uh, no, it wouldn't be a waitress. It would be a pop-up and there'd definitely be something in the window saying... Uh, Sold out. You know, I was, I was thinking more like flash clearance. <laughs> flash <laughs> the... clearance. <laughs> <laughs> or did you say flash clearance? No, flash clearance. <laughs> Cyber Monday sale. That's what all of your. Uh, that's where you bought all of your Italian friends. <laughs> the Cyber Monday clearance, because <laughs> you've not been in real life. I know they're my pandemic friends. <laughs> yes, I oh, know they've I've got my real friends and my pandemic friends. That's interesting because I realise, having said that, I'm not in the market for new friends. I actually am in the market for new friends, but they are geographically specific. Oh, they're all Lisbon. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like it's not like I'm combing the streets, going, "Please be my friend." But we meet people in Lisbon and we collect them because actually, there's this, this sense of 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 a life slowly building there. Mm. Um, in the same way that when you first moved to Totnes, or different because it's no, different in a totally different way, culture. in a totally different way. Well, because it's the first time that we've moved anywhere that has been utterly unconnected to to work. So, you know, you meet people through the reason that you've moved somewhere. Mm, frolics. Yeah, frolics, and then they become friends, <laughs> um, if you're lucky. Or frenemies. Frolemies. Enemy leagues. Inner leagues. <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't mean to say enema leagues. That's different. <laughs> Is that how far you would walk to get an enema? 
Uh, I've walked 5,000 like, miles, actually. I was thinking, or is it like a competitive anima competition, the anima leagues? <laughs> or Premier is, it like the, <laughs> is it the worst football teams? <laughs> they're in the anima leagues. Yes. yes, they don't even get to play the FA Cup. They're so, so yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, be, the, <laughs> so I you're think good when you're the, uh, empty. You're doing very well for someone who's entirely empty. <laughs> totally. It's because there's nothing in my head. It's just. It's just. <laughs> there's just an be echo. <laughs> it's being plucked from the ether. Yeah, I'm channeling. Um, so the friends in <laughs> Lisbon, <laughs> the friends in Lisbon are there. Are are, are kind of emerging. Um, Purely by happenstance, not not because there's no um, yeah, there's, there's no reason. There's not like a sh- no. There's no reason. There's well, no reason other than yeah. I like them, and presumably the fact that they continue to talk. To but us, do you feel a like stronger me. need also because you're not familiar with the culture and the language? And is there sort of a sense of stronger dependence? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I don't think so. It's just a joy of being able to talk to people. It's just a, no. It's just a joy of being able to talk to people whose perspectives are, are okay. I think possibly it's because most of oh, okay about hello. I'm just thinking about how to answer this, and I probably it, it, it probably will get cut out because um, I feel a little bit awkward saying this. Um, all of our friends in Lisbon are from the LGBTQIA plus community and they're all a generation younger than us. <laughs> and that's like, um, uh, to a certain degree, um, accidental. It's not, it's not like we've been cruising bars to try and pick people up. Which would be one way to enter, the, um, enter a particular geographic uh, space, wouldn't it? It would be. It just happens that we, we lived alongside of... Um, we just we just met people by by happenstance, um, and yeah. So so I think I think there's just been a real joy about encountering a different cultural perspective and a different generational perspective in a different cultural milieu. If that makes sense, sure, sure. So you've got you the know, country culture. The yeah, the... we've got the country culture. We've got the we've got the queer culture. We've got the fact that they're generationally uh, different, and also um, uh, th- there's. There's um kind of um there's a bipoc element as well. So there's like a a whole conglomeration of of difference, which is um, arrestingly beautiful. So you really you really went uh, to Lisbon with your um, EDI eyes uh, wide open. I think it's more about when you live in a place like Totnes, which is a really oh, yeah. um, it's a really homogenized community. Yeah. You are going to bump into the same types of people. Yeah. Um, and then you move into a capital city. You're going to suddenly move in. You're going to be, bump into a very different type of grouping. Also, um, unlike uh, we don't live in a we don't, we don't live in a, um, a fancy part of Lisbon, so we're not encountering just rich folk, which is probably why we're meeting people who skew slightly younger. Yep. Because yep. you know the, because the 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 accommodation costs and things like that. But it's just been so yeah. So meeting those people has been accidental happenstance and beautiful mm. partly because of how incredibly um welcoming they've been to two middle-aged academics into their lives mm-hmm. i mean who wouldn't want Just, to welcome two middle-aged academics into their lives 
Probably most people. Mm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If you were going to choose people to hang out with, it wouldn't be uh, yes. If you you had your, if you put it on, I know that people don't do this anymore. But say you had a shared Tinder account, uh, two middle-aged academics looking for. So, so that's one thing, and then yeah, then there's the, the friendly colleague thing. Can I ask a question about your friendly colleagues Mm. who have become friends? If you, when, I should say when, shouldn't I? When you leave the institution in which you currently work, mm. how many of them do you think you will keep? Well, I should list them now, because just in case they're listening, um, it'll just save a whole lot of heartache. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Let them down gently. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that's a curious thing, because I was talking about this with a, a friend recently, and when I left Australia, um, so this was, goodness, 16 years ago. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time, isn't it? Oh, dear, oh dear. And, um, you know, because I, I was pretty d- deeply immersed in that, in the community or particular aspects of the community. And um, so every time I went back, you know, I would uh, see those people. and And then just realizing that, Every time I went back, I'd see fewer of those people. Mm. And and then there was a point at which I would hardly see anyone. Um, mm. And it was a, that's a strange experience. It's a strange, strange experience because it's not like I made a decision to, I don't want to see that person anymore or anything like that. It's just more that it's sort of an... I guess it's especially in a. Uh, I mean, I'll take London as an example because you know it's it's actually um, it requires a, a quite a remarkable amount of effort to to meet up with someone. I mean, particularly during pandemic times, but even just the, during the best of times, it's you know it's not easy. Mm. Um, and yet, I think that also becomes an excuse. I don't know how to answer your question except as I imagine there would be just a natural sort of a natural decay. Decay is not quite the right word, but you know, because because part of what sustains friendship, as you and I have found out, is 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 ongoing conversations and being and making effort to to meet and talk. And without that, and of course, uh, work provides that structure whereby you're mm. um, you're in contact with someone. And without that, I think it yeah demands effort, and it demands effort that you think, well, is that effort? Oh, I don't know if I want to say this, but. I, is it worth it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'll say it for you. Yeah, I just I don't think that's quite what I'm feeling, but yeah, that's what was coming to mind. Yeah. It's interesting hearing you say that in in that way because it makes me think about the half-life of friendships as if friendships have like kind of a radioactive charge and that as they become spent there's some friendships that keep their half-life is longer. It's longer. If that makes sense. That you know there are some because you have those people that you can slip into a conversation with with relative ease, even if it's been quite a long time since you talked to them. Mm. And then there are those other people that you think, oh, it was the circumstance that made us able to share territory. And, and yes. we were talking about things in common and people in common, but actually maybe the commonalities as they become more attenuated are, are are more difficult than for me to find space with them. It's it's interesting that isn't it because it reminds me of um, there's a phenomenon called uh, a phenomenon called the reminiscence bump and b- by and large our 
recollection of things gets worse the further back we go in time. So if you're yeah. asking a middle-aged elderly person, you, they remember more things closer than they do at the beginnings of their lives, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. there's this massive massive reminiscence bump, it's called, which occurs around the age, you know, between ages 18 and 25, when all of these extraordinary things are happening in your life. Um, you know, the studies where people were, in these cases, going to war, getting married, um, going to university, uh, getting work for the first time, all this incredibly rich, vibrant experiences and where your sort of social life is being constructed and your home life's being constructed in a way you want it. And so that, and so that sort of defies the, the regular um, trajectory of decay in the memory. And, and I really, because it makes me think about, you know, those friendships that um, I constructed or that were constructed with other people when I first went to university, for example, and just how thick and strong those experiences are and remain with me. You know, that's something about that time in your life or time in one's life. So, yeah, that just reminded of that. That makes me think of two things. The first is that I think, oh, I don't have anybody in my life from then. And then I realise... Bob. Yes, I do. (laughs) Exactly. She's just over there. (laughs) Um, And perhaps the thickness is just so thick that there wasn't space for other people Mm. to, to kind of continue to to stick but the other thing is those those students who have been 18 19 20 during a pandemic whose university experiences have been on the other side of of screens screens. and we're talking now obviously about the um the huge impacts that's had on people's mental health but actually to think about what they will remember in you know, 40 years' time of this period. It's mm. quite, oh, it's quite sad, isn't it? Yes, also because it's so much of memory is predicated on difference that, yeah. you know, when, when you're, everything's happening the same over and over again, it's the sort of sense yeah. of time, it just disappears differently, you know, so that's, um, yeah, it's a very, uh, it's, I, yeah, I find it worrying. Yeah, well, I, good luck to you and um, Toby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that thing called where people are... Oh, Schadenfreude? No, the word is gone from my head. Uh, Kinesthetic empathy? No. (laughs) I mean, that's a lovely phrase, kinesthetic empathy, but what I was thinking was something else entirely. (laughs) Brioche. No. (laughs) Oh, although today we did have some Mm. chocolate hot cross buns from Marks and Spencers that both Bob and I decided were quite horrible. Oh. And never to be had again. Oh, Marks and Spence. We fed them to the dog. Of course. Mm-hmm. Can't think of the word. No. Oh, oh, it was nearly there. What? Something, something. What? what, what it's two words. And what does it start with? What letter does it start with? Oh, and you, hang on, what is it describing? Remember. The sort of something it's at the end of performance or something? No, it's describing that thing that happens when an audience member thinks they know the person that they are looking at. Oh, oh yes. But they don't really know them. And all I've got in my head is psychosocial, and it's not that at all. Yeah, some kind of sort of recognition thing. Where you... it's, it's, it's the, they, they, they think that they are in, in some kind of a relationship with the person. Yes, this happened to me. Oh. This happened to me with, um, who was the actor that played the, one of the elves in Lord of the Rings? Did I ever tell you the story? I must have. I don't think you did. Orlando Bloom. 
yes. outside a cafe in Sydney. Uh-huh. And I was um, looking at him going, I know that guy. And I was trying to get his attention to go, hey, how's it going? And um, I just kept looking at him and he was looking at me and I was going, oh, God, I must know that. And I was about to go to up to him and then Lil came out of the cafe. And I said, who's that guy? She goes, Simon, it's Orlando Bloom. I went, oh, fucking hell. So, yeah, I had totally had that experience of going, oh, yeah, we're friends. I know you. But this is something even more specific where you actually believe that you have a relationship with them because of how you kind of project onto them. And and I'm really cross, and I will remember it sometime this afternoon and text you, and it will be too late, and this is going to have to be cut out, or I'm just going to come back to the microphone and go, the word is parasocial. There we go. I just looked in the... uh... I'm such an asshole. I just looked in my book in the index because I knew I'd written about it. <laughs> so I just went down the index until I get to the word. It's the notion of the parasocial. Nice. Really, the moral of this particular episode is if, you, if you're really stuck or you can't find a particular word, what you do is you open the book you've read and you go down the index until you find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Hear that, kids? Try that at home. Stay in school.